Hello, friends. Uh, day two of the 2022 NHL playoffs has just wrapped up. We had some unbelievable games. We'll update you on the series standings for all four teams uh, from today's matches, as well as some thoughts on yesterday's games if you didn't catch those. And then we'll also update you on the standings in the IIHF World Championships, which, you know, some of you have been actively following and maybe you're rooting for Finland, Canada, the USA, whatever country you're supporting. We'll give you a heads up on how your favorite team is faring in this tournament. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We've got audio and video versions available so you can watch us at home, you can listen to us on the go, or whatever it is you want. We're there for you 24-7 every day of the week. Um, We really appreciate your support, so give us a follow. Uh, You'll always be up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, but again, most of all, we just really appreciate your support and feedback. Now, on tonight's episode, I thought it would be cool to check in on uh, a couple more NHL playoff games. Obviously, the series have been pretty crazy. Um... If you caught round one, you certainly know that, yeah, I mean, the first round, I think, maybe caught a few people off guard. There were some surprise upsets, I would say, uh, but nothing that, you know, wasn't entirely out of the realm of possibility. Just a few surprising results that I think people were certainly not anticipating. You know, a lot of the game sevens were very intense. We had a lot of playoff overtime hockey, which is uh, for some people, a, a really cool thing for me, <laughs> not so great for my recording schedule, but certainly uh, for the enjoyment factor, we all love an, a, an overtime golden goal. So, yeah, you know, it's been a pretty great playoffs. The first round was already shaping uh, up to be one of the best first rounds we've seen in ages. And the second round certainly had a lot of promise. So far, it's delivered. If you missed the first day of games, we had Tampa Bay beating Florida 4-1. to They will resume their series uh, this evening if you are listening to this on Thursday morning. Uh, this series, you know, it's been very back and forth already in the first first game or so. I do suspect that the Panthers are going to rally back. Um, I don't think the scoreline was really reflective of how the Panthers did or didn't play. I think that they certainly made some mistakes and stuff, but I feel like you know, Tampa Bay was very opportunistic, and I, I suspect that, uh, you know, Tam- Panthers will find their way and come back in game number two. The other game that we saw was Colorado beating St. Louis 3-2 to two in overtime. This one, the scoreline actually looked a lot more flattering than the actual results. I would say that Colorado uh, should probably be in control of the series, but, you know, if Jordan Bennington keeps making as many saves as he did in game one, you know, the, the Avs. They might have to find a few ways to really break down this defense and somehow get past the goalie. They definitely dominated on the shot clock and scoring chance uh, creation, but, you know, 
ultimately you still have to put a couple of pucks past the goaltender. And that remains a, a bit of a challenge when Bennington was playing as well as he was. Now, on uh, Tuesday's slide of games, we had the first one, which I wasn't really sure how this one was going to go. Uh, the Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. In my head, I kind of had this panning out in a way where, uh, you know, the, the the Rangers would probably lose, but it would be one of those games where Carolina probably had control of the puck for most of the game, was the better team creating chances, uh, you know, both from the point and from the slot area, buzzing around the net, you know, using their really intense forecheck to sort of grind the Rangers down. You know, New York had just come out of a series in which the the, the Penguins kind of basically danced around them for five or six games. Um, you know, uh, here and there, the Rangers actually did play pretty well, but it was pretty sparse. And so against a team that has traditionally been one of the strongest uh, transition teams and scoring chance creation teams out there, plus a pretty stout defense, I just didn't really see a way for the Rangers to come through. And yet, for most of the game, the Rangers were actually up one nothing, And they weren't just, you know, holding a lead that was barely there. I mean, they were actually trading punches with the Canes, at times dominating uh, Carolina. So, you know, the Rangers, I think, have to be pretty happy with the effort. Where I think they're not going to be happy is that it wasn't enough to actually beat Carolina. Unfortunately for the Rangers, they fell 2-1 uh, to one in overtime. So, you know... I don't know that you can really say um, the Rangers should should be upset about this loss so much as I, I think the outcome is just a little bit not unfortunate, but I, I certainly think that they they did enough to deserve the win. Uh, you know, arguably they got really close, and if they perform again like this on Friday, I, I don't really see a reason why we shouldn't expect them to have a really strong outing and maybe even steal a game on the road. They're going to have to win at least one of these two because I feel like if you walk home with a uh, 2 nothing series deficit, it's going to be really tough to climb out of. Um, as good as the Rangers have been at escaping some of their own mistakes, this is just not a team that you can afford to be uh, complacent with. Now, I have seen interesting thoughts that maybe Carolina is, is starting to show wear and fatigue, which is entirely possible. Maybe the ground-and-pound style, maybe... Uh, the constant forechecking and the rapid counters are starting to, you know, tire guys out. You had a couple of years of this, but you know, at the end of the day, Carolina just has to take care of business. I mean, every team that's been at a high level has gone through the same process. You've got the lightning who have had multiple cup wins and runs, and yet they're still chugging along. They're still pushing the Florida Panthers the whole way. So why shouldn't the Carolina hurricanes who have had um, much shorter runs not be able to keep up. I, I feel like that's not a great excuse. And, you know, despite the, the Canes playing a pretty demanding style, so too do a lot of the best teams in the league. So for me, I just feel like they're going to have to find ways to execute. And, and so far, game one, they've done it. They found a way to get through. Antti Ranta really made a huge difference in net, but I don't think that they want to keep leaning on Ranta to be their primary difference maker. They're going to have to step up and show that, you know, this game... Uh, it's not the start of a series in which they're going to have to go the full seven. I think they'll want to close this out in five or six, but you never know. The Rangers have found ways to extend series despite all expectations of uh, uh, the inverse, but you know, we'll see what happens. I think the Rangers have a good shot. They have put up a good fight, a much better fight than I expected. 
and maybe the series goes the full distance. We'll just have to wait and see over the next week and a half or so uh, who ends up shaking out of the second round. Now, uh, this this game was very exciting, but there was one that I think really caught the attention. It's the one that I was most hyped for even coming into this uh, evening of playoff hockey, but no one, and I mean no one out there, was probably expecting what we got between Edmonton and Calgary in the mythical Battle of Alberta. We'll talk about what exactly transpired in one of the craziest games in playoff history in just a little bit. But before we go any further and uh, get into the really juicy details, I thought you should hear about Bilt Bar. You've probably hear, heard me talk about Bilt Bar before if you're a longtime listener of this podcast. If you don't know what it is, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got some really cool flavors, and oftentimes they're telling us about uh, new rotations. Uh, last week we had Birthday Cake Bash, and this week we've got Brownie Batter Puffs. If you love brownies, uh, I, I know I'm, a, I'm personally a big fan. Brownies are delicious, but brownie batter, there's just something about that sweet, uh, soft, delectable... I guess you can call it guilty pleasure that puts, you know, brownie batter above just a normal baked good, right? If you wanted something that tastes exactly like brownie batter and gives you that sensation of of soft, chewy, chocolatey goodness without any of the guilt, you need to check out Bilt Bar. You know, most Bilt Bars are clocking in at around 130 to 150 calories, four to five grams of carbs, and they're usually packed with around 17 grams of protein. I challenge you to find anything better than that that tastes as good as Bilt Bar does. But if you're not really sold on just one flavor, check out their mix box. You can get up to 12 different flavors that you can choose and help you select your true favorite. I have to say, I would recommend Raspberry Dark Chocolate if it's your first time. It's a, a very simple, very basic flavor, but I always say it's a great way to get started with Bilt Bar. Speaking of getting started, you can go to Bilt.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Bilt.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, resuming our thoughts on the 2022 NHL playoffs. Before we get uh, ahead of ourselves, just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, though, be sure to make one of your other listens Locked On Now. Locked On Now is super cool because it's our special program giving you nightly recaps of NHL games with analysis from our local experts. But most importantly, we distill it into 20 to 40 second bite-sized pieces so that you always get the most important takeaways without wasting any time. You'll get a bird's eye view of all of the latest action from around the league reported on, on, reported on by our uh, network of podcasters right to your doorstep every single day. So, Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, just like subscribing to Locked on Winnipeg Jets. It's free. And again, we really appreciate your support. Now, speaking of NHL action, uh, you know, Locked on now has summaries of a lot of these games, and I would highly encourage you to check out more detailed podcasts, uh, especially if you're a Flames or an Oilers fan, right? Because we had the Battle of Alberta starting, and uh, I don't know that I expected exactly what we got in game one. I have to be honest, man. Um, Game one of the Battle of Alberta, I'm struggling to figure out how to even describe it. Calling it like a chaos trash fire probably sounds really mean, but I honestly mean it in the best way possible. Within like five or six minutes of uh, the first period, you know, Edmonton found itself in a 3-0 deficit and Mike Smith had to be pulled. It was that bad. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't just on Smith necessarily. The first goal definitely was his fault. 
you would like maybe one or two other saves in there, but Calgary was just immediately out skating the Oilers. Edmonton, you know, after going through LA and kind of greasing through the Kings in the first couple of games, they started to slow down and have to really grind out wins. Uh, the last game, they were definitely dominant, but, you know, even still, you got the sense that if they had issues with the Kings against a cup contender like the Flames, would they be able to uh, replicate their level of success when they were outscoring LA in massive dividends? And the answer was heck no, which is not super shocking. I mean, Calgary, they showed against Dallas that they're an extremely dangerous team, and the only reason the Stars were even in that series was because Jake Ottinger literally stood on his head and somehow bailed out the team time and time again. But, you know, this time the Flames came out with a purpose. You know, you're not shooting against Ottinger anymore. Um, Edmonton found itself in a really nasty hole, and Miko Koskinen came in on relief in the first period and promptly then had issues surrendering even more goals. It got to a point where Calgary was up 6-2, to two, uh, towards the end of the second period. And you thought to yourself, nah, there's no way that this is going to happen um, with a really close scoreline, right? 6-2, to two, the Flames are in control. They're dominating, dominating the game. Edmonton's not really creating many chances. What could possibly go wrong? Well, <laughs> as it turns out, the Oilers clawed all the way back to tie at 6-6 at the start of the third period. They scored three goals uh, right before the end of regulation in the second period, and then, you know, at the start of the third period, I think it was Kyler Yamamoto ties it. And just like that, you're at 6-6. Uh, and you might be asking what exactly went wrong for the Flames. And, well, Jacob Markstrom did. I mean, in a rare uh, fit of really poor play, he just had an absolute mare of a game. I think one Flames observer, I think his name is Kent Wilson, he thought that this was probably the worst game Markstrom has ever played in front of a uh, a Flames defense or behind a Flames defense and wearing the Flames jersey. So, yeah, not exactly a great night for goaltending. Uh, Mike Smith gone. Jacob Markstrom ended up staying in for the entire experience, which, woof, you know, Sutter can be a bit of a hard one. Uh, the good news for um, Markstrom is that Calgary skaters are awesome and they did a great job of piling up the points. Uh, Goudreau had a pretty nice game. Elias Lindholm had a great game. Uh, Rosmus Anderson had a great goal. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy outing. And honestly, if this is what the rest of the series is going to be like for, uh, you know, the next however many games it's going to take, I'm like 100% down with it. Do I think it's going to go the full seven? I, I don't know. It depends on what happens with Mike Smith. Uh, Smith, if he's back to being a bit of a pumpkin and the Flames are back to picking corners, it's going to be a short series, right? Because Koskinen, as, as decent of a backup as he can be at times, we're not really expecting a lot from either him or Smith. So, you know, the Flames, they seem like they've got their swagger. Uh, Matthew Tuchuk had a hat, hat trick. Um, the crowd was really vibing. It, it just, it seems like a really imposing team to come up against when you have as many gaps on the Oilers roster as possible. I mean, McDavid dropped like a four-point evening, and it still wasn't enough. So, yeah, you know, the Oilers... They have a lot of questions to answer, but I, I don't. I don't think we're going to see a six to nine scoreline like we saw in uh, this first game uh, for Game Two. But you know, Edmonton might start leaking goals really quickly, and if they can't find a way to stem the tide, they're going to be sent home a lot faster. So, um, 
it's it's just one of the situations where I feel like uh, the Oilers cannot afford to really slip up slip up in game two, and they're going to have to be on their best behavior. Now, you know this this series has plenty of life left in it. We'll see what exactly transpires over the next couple of weeks. I do think that just like uh, Carolina and New York, it's actually pretty difficult to call despite having a huge scoreline in favor of the Flames early. Again, still got a lot of games left, and we're going to find out what transpires between these two teams in just a little bit. Now, I did want to talk about one more thing on tonight's episode. I wanted to cover the 2022 IIHF uh, World Junior or World Hockey Championships, which you know, some of uh, some of you might actually be watching. I feel like the uh, the IIHFs sometimes get a bit of a bad rap because it's all the players and teams that get eliminated, but I still think it's great fun. I haven't had a ton of time to check out the games, but I did want to update you on the standings so that, you know, if you feel like you want to check it out during the workday, it is usually during the day in North America. So, you know, if you've got a stream, it's it sounds like it's a pretty great tournament. I've seen some of the highlights, uh, some of the really great games. I think that there's a lot there to like, and we'll talk about what teams are leading the way in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our wonderful friends at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest not find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. If you're into other sports, they've also got European football. Of course, they've got ice hockey, like Winnipeg Jets scorelines and odds, uh, predictions for next season. Will they win the cup? Lord knows it's probably not great odds, but, uh, you know, we can all dream, right? If you're interested in putting your money where your mouth is, you really should head on over to Bet Online. They are your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and so much more. They've even got Vegas casino games if you're not into sports because... You know, some of you might have had your fill. Maybe uh, your significant other or something is just constantly inundating you with all the sports information you can possibly handle. Maybe uh, a virtual blackjack table might take the edge off a little bit. If you're interested in getting in on the action, head on over to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, briefly going to check in on the 2022 IIHF World Hockey Championship. Obviously, this is a pretty interesting tournament. Uh, We have quite a few teams that I didn't really expect to have such strong showings. Um, Obviously, this is going to be a bit of a skewed roster lineup because you've got some of the top players from teams like Sweden and a few other squads out currently uh, on duty for uh, they're big clubs with the NHL, right? But even still, the standings right now are super interesting. We're about three to four games in for most teams. Uh, the group stages have been, I, I would say, for some teams, pretty easy. In Group A, we've got, uh, in first place, Switzerland. And you look at their goal differential, they're rocking a plus 12. Now, Switzerland is very interesting because they've got guys like Kishir and Siegenthaler, Um I don't know 100% who's playing for this team right now because uh, obviously, you know, Switzerland doesn't have like a ton of like high end elite players, but it seems like for this tournament, they've been going through the first group pretty well. Um, You know, you see names that you probably recognize from past years. Uh, Damian Riott, I think, was at one point, I don't know, with Toronto or something maybe. Uh, But Dean Kukan, you would recognize from Columbus. Uh, we've got Philip Kurashev, of course, who's with the Blackhawks right now. Um, Timo Meyer is probably one of the top scorers of this tournament. Uh, Timo, of course, is one of the 
truly elite goal scoring forwards at the NHL level. So certainly you could imagine that this top six for uh, the Swedish team or this, the Switzerland team is probably cooking with gas um, in second place. You've got Canada. And as you would expect, they are doing pretty well. They're only in second place right now because they've only played three games. Uh, they've got three wins so far and they're rocking a plus 11 goal differential. You'd expect that will probably begin to climb as they go through the group stages. And, uh, you know, this group, it's decent, right? Uh, Switzerland at the top, Canada in second and third and fourth place. You've got Denmark and Germany. Um, down, down the rankings, you're starting to run into like France. You've got Slovakia, Italy, and Kazakhstan. Slovakia, three and one record is not terrible, but the goal differential is kind of killing them right now. And, you know, they've, they've got to really figure out how to sort of tamp down on that a little bit. Um, Actually, sorry, they don't have a three and one record. They have one win and three points, which is not a great start for the tournament. Uh, you know, a lot of these other teams, Denmark is two and one. Germany is two and one. France is one and three. Um, most of the top two teams haven't really made any mistakes so far. But yeah, if you're Slovakia, this is a really tough hill to climb. I don't expect that they're going to make it into the final four for the semifinals uh, and the quarterfinals. So it's going to be tough. But in Group B, we've got Sweden, Finland, USA, and Norway in the top four in that order. Sweden, of course, uh, one of the strongest rosters in this tournament. They're rocking a plus 11 goal differential. Uh, they have only had one minor slip up in an overtime win, which is not a big deal. It just means that you know you don't quite get the full value uh, of what you're looking for here. Um, then Finland in second place, they have done pretty well. Only one overtime loss to mar their record. But just like Sweden, pretty uh, pretty good goal differential. USA not really doing so well. Um, they've scratched out five points in three games, but I I think they might be in trouble once they hit the uh, the quarters. Norway uh, also probably not having a great tournament. Um, they're basically in the same ba- same boat that the US is. Uh, they've conceded and scored more, which is kind of funny. But that they, you know they also have one extra game in tow, so you know probably don't want to read too much into that, but. After that, you've got the Czech Republic, then Latvia, Austria, and Britain. So these groups are a little interesting. Um, a few nations that you don't often see featured in these tournaments. Uh, Latvia, I, I think, is probably one of the few teams that I've caught some highlights from. They seem like a fun squad, but obviously very much against the grain of the, the top squads out there. I don't know who would be considered the, the tournament favorite right now. I'm sure it's going to be the usual powerhouse nations. But if Switzerland makes a deep run... I think that would be cool. The Swiss, I don't recall the last time that they won one of these competitions, but if they had a really great showing and and could really put on a clinic with some of the top scorers that they're starting to produce on a regular basis, I think that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan of Heeshear and Meyer. I think they both could use with a little bit of international hardware. Uh, And I think it's just cool to see these tournaments where, you know, non-traditional nations are both represented and sometimes during the group stages, even make a pretty good show of it. So we'll see who advances onto the quarters. Uh, we've still got a couple of weeks left in this tournament. I will actually try and catch some of the quarterfinals when I can. I hope that, you know, the U S has a pretty decent showing. I'm sure a lot of you are hoping for Canada to have a good showing as well, but we're just going to have to wait and see and uh, hopefully catch it during the workday when we have a little bit of a break. Now uh, we'll talk about some of these matchups as they start to get closer to the quarters over the next couple of days. 
Um, but for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to go back right to the NHL action. Lots of NHL playoff stuff we're going to have. This will be day three of round two, which is super exciting, I'm sure, for a lot of you. Um, we're going to see if the Rangers can, you know, kind of pull things off uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, we've got the the Battle of Florida. You know, we've got the Central Division matchup between St. Louis and Colorado. And then, of course, later on, we've got Edmonton versus Calgary. So next couple of days, a lot of hockey to cover. And we'll be there for all of it right here at Locked On Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So again, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.